Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and I'm happy to introduce our guest today. They are someone who throughout their career have worked with many different brands, both big and small in a variety of industries, as well as working with solopreneurs, small business owners, and nonprofit organizations, as well as helping educational institutions grow their business and brand through content marketing. Our guests began their career on the agency side, then moved over to the client side, and then back over to the agency side again. And throughout their journey, our guest has learned about all things marketing, but as a writer, And as an educator at heart, they always come back to those two pillars. So our guest is passionate about education, has taught as an adjunct for almost 12 years. So please welcome our guest, Christina Martin. Christina, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me. Um, I... I gave you a glowing review, highlighted many things Thank that you, you you're very welcome. You've done in your your career as well as your education, which is something that I'm I, I love seeing people in the education field or have a passion about education because teaching is passing on the knowledge to the next generation. Um, but I would love for you, in your own words, in like sixty seconds, give us who is Christina Martin. So I am a content creator, a writer, and a marketer, and I have been those things for most of my career. Um, As you said, I started out on the agency side, went to the client side, came back to the agency side, and in 2020 started my own business, uh, No Fear Media and Marketing. I saw a need for it um, to work with solopreneurs and small business owners who need to get clear on what their business is and what they do. I mainly work with knowledge professionals, so podcasters like yourself, authors, um, other writers, as well as digital creators. Oh, I, that's that's pretty much you in a nutshell. I love love that. Um, what made you dis- so when you decided to join the first agency? Um, what what was it that made you want to be like? content marketing or in that the marketing world? Well, it's interesting and I'm probably going to date myself here. But um, when I started out in agency world, content marketing was not even a term that was around. Nobody knew what it was. You had PR, you had marketing, you had, you know, advertising. And in fact, we weren't even in web 2.0 yet when I started my career in agency world. So I was just talking about this this morning. A lot of a lot of messages were run by courier and came through fax. So as you can as you can imagine, it was a lot uh, slower 
than it is now. Um, but when I first got started in agency world, I was uh, working for Barnes and Noble uh, booksellers as their local regional community relations manager in Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. And I knew I wanted to work for an agency. I at least wanted to see if I had what it takes to be able to go that route. So I found a small agency in Harrisburg, applied for an assistant account executive position and got in on the ground floor. Um, and I really learned a lot while I was with that agency. And I can say that, you know, entering it prior to the digital age, there's still a lot of transferable skills that I use every day. And that some people may have forgotten or may not use because, you know, they started in the digital era. Well, I, I'm, I'm interested in that because I am someone who worked in the analog industry and then worked in mm -hmm. the digital industry now. Um, and it's so weird to say that because that's also dating myself. And then, you know, you have, right. then you start going down that um, <laughs> self-doubt, self-questioning road. But we're going to stay away from that because it's not a therapy session. Um, what are some of the skills that you see uh, that aren't really done today because uh, most people start in the digital world and not really in that old school mentality? So interpersonal skills, soft skills, those are the skills that I see the most, um, you know, especially moving to Zoom uh, during the pandemic and now, you know, mainly everything we do is on Zoom. So there's a lot of those in-person interaction and interpersonal skills that I see lacking. Speaking skills and writing skills, of course, and now with ChatGPT, um, which I do use, I'm, I don't shy away from AI. I do use AI um, on occasion when it's warranted. And, but I do see that there's a real need for, um, for my students when I teach to learn how to write the old school way and not, you know, using AI, using Grammarly, using um, ChatGPT to write for them. Yeah, I'm, as we were talking, I was thinking back as, as a teacher, I'm, I remember going through school and learning how to do, you know, long division. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that there's a shortcut, you know, using uh, a calculator, but it's still, you need to know the basis so that you can do it. I think like writing is the basic, basic and then you can use ChatGPT or these AI tools to sure. take your writing to the next level. You already know the fundamentals. This will handle those, the peskiness mm -hmm. of, you know, mass marketing. So I think, yeah, that is important. Like th those fundamentals are the fundamentals have kind of changed or evolved sure. with the tools. I love that. Um, what is a, a situation or a memory that you have of getting a nice win or for your clients or you were able to achieve yourself? So I really love, um, I have a PR background. I don't know if you knew that, but I really love getting my clients on a podcast or getting them a media placement. Um, that's something that that is really challenging for me because, you know, obviously journalists get thousands and thousands of pitches per day. So the art of the pitch is is fun for me. And, um, you know, as far as big wins go, I think in the agency world, whenever you can win a client or win more business from an existing client for the agency that you're working with, that's a huge win. Um, so the business development skills are important to me as well. And of course, they transfer over into entrepreneurship because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to understand business development and you need to know how to sell. 
uh, which is a skill that I believe can be taught. Some people are better at it than others, but, you know, I believe that it can be taught. So for me, you know, that big win is, is just getting, getting the client also to understand how important marketing is for their business. Because I think a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's an afterthought. I don't really need to do it. It's true. Um, even in myself, I, I, I have that issue of marketing uh, the business because there's so much to do. Sometimes for an entrepreneur, there's so much to do because you're wearing so many hats at the beginning. When you decide to launch No Fear Media and Marketing, were you doing everything yourself or did you already kind of have a team together or partners to handle the workload? Everything myself. And I'm still pretty much a solopreneur when it comes to that. Um, every so often I will outsource something if, if it's out of my wheelhouse. And because I do work, still work with agencies as a, as a freelance content marketing strategist, I do work with their clients as well. Um, but I have built up quite a network. So whenever I need help, you know, if I need video production, if I need audio production, if I need to, you know, find somebody to take photographs for, for brand, for brand marketing, um, I have those people in my back pocket. So when I started No Fear Media and Marketing, my goal was to make sure that clients had the right people on their team. So I don't really employ anyone because I like to find the right fit for the client. So what's important to me is, you know, there's tons of photographers out there. We'll use that as an example. But somebody who, you know, does commercial photography and food photography, for instance, for Giant, probably is not the right commercial photographer for someone who's trying to build a personal brand. So it's really important for me to find that right fit and find the professional that has the experience that the client is looking for. And is comfortable working with those types of clients. I like that. So you're not only are you a marketing genius you're also kind of like a um an employee contractor finding the right employee for business need for short term or that too that's like a place a placement agency there we go that's sure i mean sort of yeah short-term placement agency because you you handle all the work and they you have your partners helping Mm -hmm. you build and everyone grows together a very win-win situation for everybody involved Correct. So I may be the the person who manages the product, product sorry, project, mm-hmm. and sees it from you know inception to fruition. However, I rely on writers and designers, uh, mainly writers and designers, but sometimes other professionals. Sorry, my phone's going off. It's all right. It's all right. You're a busy person, <laughs> I so to silence it. <laughs> it's quite all right. It happens to the best of us, and it's mm-hmm. all right. Um, where do you see yourself and No Fear Media and marketing in five years? To be honest, I would love to build an agency team, whether it's a virtual agency where we are just using independent contractors or whether it's employee based. You know, it doesn't really matter to me, but I am 100% committed to uh, maintaining a remote environment. And I truly believe in digital nomadism and being able to work from wherever you have Wi-Fi. So that is something that's very important to me. Um, 
I move a lot. I just moved, as you can tell, (laughs) in the background. And the the thing that I've really valued since 2020 is being able to work from anywhere. I think that's a positive change that came about from the pandemic. Yeah, I... uh... I feel you there because of myself, I just moved as well uh, into a different studio again. Um, But seeing some of my friends who are still in the corporate world getting pushback from working from home. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to understand why, because like like you said, as long as you have Wi-Fi, you can do your job. It doesn't need to be we don't need to be uh, overseen like school children, if you will. I agree. I do feel, though, that, you know, for some people, it might not be right. You know, Mm. if you're a very social person, I I tend to be, I tend to kind of waver between extrovert and introvert, more ambivert, but um, yeah. But if you're a very, you know, extroverted person and you need that interaction with people to, and you need to feel that energy, then, you know, working remotely might not be for you. No, possibly. I agree there. Mm -hmm. Um, How is it? Uh, that you saw the landscape change in your your marketing area from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic? So pre-pandemic, I was employed um, and I was basically running No Fear Media and marketing as a side hustle. Um, it always had the name, just it was more of a side hustle. It wasn't my main business. I was actually working in the publishing industry at the time of the pandemic when all the you know lockdowns started happening and it was the lifestyle publication. So a lot of restaurants, a lot of retail, a lot of um, businesses that rely on in-person transactions and that all really changed and I was um, you know I was a media I was an account executive so I did a little bit of media sales at the time and I was also doing some content writing and, and marketing for for magazine clients and wow it just changed the face of content marketing so much. And first of all, we had to pull back because nobody wanted to spend money on print. Mm -hmm. So really pivoting towards digital and towards digital products uh, became a lifeline for the publishing industry. And I think content marketers followed suit. You know, we, we were always doing digital, but I think, you know, when the pandemic started and as we moved along, it became even more important that we lean into that. Do you see with kind of a uh, resurgence of nostalgias of the 90s, uh, which I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of happy seeing (laughs) some of the neon colors of the 90s come back um, and kind of remember my parents being happy that bell bottoms were coming back. Um, Do you see possibly a small resurgence in niche publications coming back? I do. And I I think, you know, what I'm seeing is that a lot of um, companies thinking about print again, because it's, it's something that not everyone's going to do, right? It's very expensive to produce a magazine, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're doing that on a monthly basis, it becomes even more expensive. So it just depends on how often you're publishing. But I've also seen some... Um, some publications turn more towards the the franchising model where they are franchising uh, into local and regional areas to reproduce a publication in a different city or town. So I think that that's something that will come about um, that will be a little bit more successful 
as well. Whereas I, I think people are very interested in in local stories and local what's happening locally to them, which you don't always get when you're, you know, on social media anymore, especially with all the changes in the algorithms. So there's a lot that factors into that, but I find, you know, I I still read print books. I still buy print books. I I have not switched over to a Kindle or a reading, a reader app. Um, I think there's something about the feel of paper in your hands that, you know, adds to that aesthetic um, and to that experience. So I do think that we will come full circle and people will be nostalgic for, you know, earlier times um, and earlier, earlier types of marketing as well. I know, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people were getting back into direct mail pieces Mm -hmm. just because it was a way to stand out. I like that, uh, and I have to agree with you on the local, the uh, the e-reader. I, most of my business books, because they're so big and usually expensive, I get them in, on my e-reader mm-hmm. because then I can always come back. But those fantasy books or my hobby books, as if I will, those are paper because you just need to feel feel yeah, that it do. brings you to the next world. Um, just need to put my my two cents in, even though it wasn't really on topic. But anyways. Um, I love books. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a voracious book reader. That's that's why. Um, well, I'm the worst. Half of the boxes you see behind me are books. And in I fact, have. it's funny because when the movers were moving us in, they were like, oh, my God, another box of books. Another box of books. That's kind of why I got the e-reader <laughs> for the business books because they're usually so thick and heavy. It saves a lot more space when it's uh, on the go like that. Um, but with the with the idea of things kind of going more nostalgic um what is what is a tip you would have for someone coming straight into the digital world but would require something of the soft skills hmm so i think you know when we were originally started talking about how the the format would play out i think my tip was um you know know your audience Mm -hmm. but in order to know your audience you also need to be able to read people i think um so that's a little bit of nostalgia for you you know being able to read the room and being able to to read people but i do think going to networking events in person is starting to come back in a big way so i really do feel that um as you're coming you know as you're entering into the into marketing in the digital era, it is important to know who your audience is online, but it's also important to know where are the places out in the world where you can find those pockets of people. You know, what networking events? Is it the Chamber of Commerce? Is it, you know, um, an organization that is geared towards women? Is it a professional organization? You know, I think that the the in-person is going to come back in a big way because I think people are really longing for that personal interaction. So if you, you know, so I'm going to take my tip and I'm going to apply it to both. So if you know who your audience is both online and out in the world, I think you're ahead of the game. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. You, you need to, you need to know that. And, and I used to, I was just reading something the other day, um, 
by an agency owner, and I cannot remember who it was for the life of me. But well, he was, here's the thing: you'll, if you remember, send it to me so I can I will. put them in. in the, I uh, will. But he was notes. talking about process, right? And he was saying that sometimes, you know, as as agency owners and as marketers, we will get clients who want to skip a step in the process, and the ske- the step that they most often want to skip is personas figuring out who their target audience is and creating those personas. And I think that that is, I agree with the agency owner who who was talking about this. I agree that that's a huge mistake because if you don't know your audience, how do you know who you're talking to and how do you know what to say? So that's my tip. Know your audience and do not skip that step. It's such an important thing. As a podcaster, it is, if I don't know who I'm talking to, I don't know how to have the uh, market to them. I don't know how to get them to hear the episode so that they f- mm-hmm. listen to the guests that come on and can talk and like amazing guests like yourself who drop wisdom um, like you have so far. Um, it's it's true. Knowing your audience, knowing the people that will be listening to you or consuming your content is the only way you'll grow and take your yourself to the next level. Um Absolutely. And don't have AI write all your content because you will not sound like you. No, you need to. <laughs> my personal thing is you put in the con- put in the content that you want, have it write it, go through it and add your words to it so that it has that human connection and not just. Absolutely. AI generated. Um, speaking of AI, do you think we'll hit a point where it just gets oversaturated? I think we're probably already there, to be honest with you. Um, ev- everyone is scrambling to implement AI into everything. So I think with anything, you know, when when they when the talk was all about the metaverse, right? That's all anybody could talk about, and everybody was developing, you know, products or apps or things that that they were going to released into the metaverse. Then the metaverse just kind of went away and we don't really hear about it anymore. All we hear about is chat GPT, GPT-4, you know, open AI. That's what we hear about now. And I think there's a scramble for companies, especially digital companies and software companies to incorporate AI into their products and services. But I think as human beings, we are going to get really tired of AI-generated content very, very fast um, because it just doesn't sound real. And I feel like, you know, if, if you're active on LinkedIn as I am, I can spot the AI content from a mile away because it sounds exactly the same as what everybody else is saying. Um, so I think AI is going to be important, but... I do think that it's becoming oversaturated already. You, you just hear about it all the time. I don't know what your LinkedIn feed looks like, but my LinkedIn feed is filled with chat GPT and AI and tips and tricks and, and things of that nature. So, you know, I think at some point people are going to get tired of hearing about it. Yeah, I have that feeling as well. I'm lucky I, I, I bounce back and forth with podcast specific things and then I look for something else. But yes, I, I remember the explosion of ChatGPT mm-hmm. in my uh, my LinkedIn feed regarding podcasting and that. And I do feel yeah. that it, it it's 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 getting more and more there. Um, 
we are coming to the end. I'm going to get to the spark question of the show, which I'm always a fan of because as I'm doing my personal growth, I always get, I always ask myself, um, what advice would I give my 10 year old self? So mm. Christina, what advice would you give your 10 year old self if I was able to snap your, snap the fingers and send you back there? So, my company is named No Fear Media Marketing, and there's a reason for that. If I were to go back and talk to my 10-year-old self, I would tell them or her that fear is not real. It is. It stands for – some people say it stands for forget everything and rise. I say it stands for false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, the things that we worry about and the things that we are afraid of – never even happen. So I think it's really important to, to kind of, you know, we all have imposter syndrome mm-hmm. to hush those voices in your head and just go for things. If it feels right, you know, you have to go for, go with your gut sometimes. And I've made good decisions and bad decisions like that. But I think throughout my life, I haven't been, I, well, I will say as I've gotten older, I haven't been as afraid just to take the leap. Um, whereas when I was maybe t- 10, in my teenage years, in my college years, I was a little more cautious. Sometimes great... you just have to throw caution to the wind. I like that. And yeah, and that's true. That's very true. Because if you don't take the risk, you never know what's on the other side. Uh, hopefully it's not a giant pitfall. Most of the time it's <laughs> soft grass um, and a little bit better. Um Christina, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to jump off stage here. I want you to let the audience know where they can connect with you if they're looking for help with their marketing and their media. So the floor is yours. So if you are looking for help with content marketing, my email address is Christina, with a K, K K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at nofear.media. And my website is www dot no fear dot media so you can contact me through my contact form um, you can also find me on linkedin i'm very active on linkedin um, and you can contact me through there as well or just shoot me an email excellent christina again thank you so much for being on the show thank you so much for having me this was great <laughs> to my audience in the show notes down below you'll find everything to connect with christina and i thank you again for listening and always remember to invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter links are down below it is called the monetization mogul syndicate newsletter or it could be feel better stories of monetization moguls or making moguls is what i do so make sure you go ahead and check that out but i want to thank you very much for listening and as always remember to invest